Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. I'm Chrissy Garrison, and I will be reading my science fiction stories to you. Following the attacks in Delta Earth, hopes to beat a hasty retreat through the new Louis Arch, moving on towards Delta Earth. In this episode, the crew looks to hope for leadership in the face of deadly danger. Before I begin this particular episode, I want to thank my listeners for following my stories. I would love to hear from you on Twitter or Facebook, especially if you have comments or questions about the road so far. I'd love to know who your favorite characters are, who you might be shipping with each other, and what you'd like to see happen in future episodes. Our own verse, Beta Earth Prime, has been an extra hard place for everyone since I began this podcast journey in February 2020. I hope my escape to other worlds has helped some of you cope. For me, it's been a big help to have this project as a focus. Chapter 9. Hellhound on my trail. So what's the plan? I asked after we'd packed up and made a hasty exit from the new Louis Coliseum. Sitting in the common area on the tour bus, I rather enjoyed being sandwiched between Hope and Dribbler. Jasmine the cat paced the back of the seat behind me, then leaped several feet to the other couch. Harlan sat across from us with Marcy and Babs, seeming older than I remembered. That's up to the boss, but if it were up to me, we'd skitter across Delta and on to Ox before sunrise. Hope sighed. Are we in such a rush? Aren't we, ma'am? Harlan sat up straighter and knit his fingers together in his lap. I reckon two attempts to kill you and Gamma is plenty reason to hurry. And Jules' pretty twin from my home verse brought out the big guns, opening a portal to get at us like that. We can't sit still and wait for the next attack. Sure, said Babs, throwing her hands in the air. Why wait for the next one when we can run right to where the assassin came from? May as well make it easy on them, hmm? Marcy shook her head with enough violence that her dangling earrings flew out to the sides. No, you don't get it, Babs. We go there. We find out who's behind this. And then we stop them. Harlan's right. We have to move quickly. Be unpredictable. But then we can't go to Aird, said Dribbler, leaning forward to hold out his right hand palm upwards. If you were them, where would you guess we'd go? I mean, where else? Then all they gotta do is lay traps for us the whole way there. He ticked off his fingers one at a time. Ox, League, Arn, then Aird. Boom, boom, boom. Hope nodded and sang. We shall have to do what we can to be unpredictable, my friends. But I fear we must do as Harlan says and go to his home world to find out the truth behind these attacks. I spoke up. But why would anyone attack Hope? Just because she's... I paused, uncertain of a good way to finish that sentence. Hope turned towards me, and as her eyes met mine, I felt my face grow hot. I had a sudden wish for the ability to open portals like my doppelganger had. I wanted very much to disappear right at that moment. Hope smiled and touched my face with her soft, smooth hand. Her dark eyes twinkled with amusement. Jules, you speak out of kindness, she sang. You have a beautiful soul. Not all would know you by that soul, but would see your electric blue hair first. Some would judge you by that, because it makes you stand out as different. Many see me as a monster for being more closely related to your dolphins than to humans. But you're so beautiful, I blurted out. And kind, and you sing like an angel. What threat are you to anyone? Harlan grumbled. Folks will do stupid things out of fear. 
and folks are afraid of anything they don't understand. Like the protesters in New Louis, said Babs. Regular people, ready to sharpen their pitchforks just because foreigners came to town to play a show. I think someone put them up to that, said Dribbler. I mean, we'd only just rolled in. Zamboni's robot voice buzzed over the intercom. Warning, we will pass through the arch momentarily. Traversal will take an apparent 37 minutes. Hope looked past me to speak to Dribbler. I agree. Though the spark was there already, perhaps fanned to flames by a more deliberate effort, we must resort to subterfuge. I sighed. How do we fool an unknown attacker who can see us coming four or five worlds away? Hope smiled. By doing the last thing our attacker expects, she said, turning her head to look at Marcy. Marcy's eyes widened and she shook her head. You don't mean it. We can't. Harlan slapped his hands together and guffawed. Don't that beat all, ma'am. You're my kind of crazy. Confused, I asked, did I miss something? What are we going to do that they won't expect? Babs rubbed her face with both hands, then peered through the f her fingers at Hope. Ay, ay, ay. The show must go on. Hope smiled and nodded. Jasmine hopped up into her lap and nuzzled her. Dribbler laughed out loud. A shimmering, rippling wall passed through the room. Dribbler's laugh stretched like taffy, becoming a drawn-out cackle that belonged in a horror movie. We'd passed into the space between verses. No one spoke for a minute or two as we unscrambled our thoughts. For myself, I had had an instantaneous hallucination of Sam and Patrick yelling at each other at a wedding. My wedding. The one I'd fled. It had to be long over, so the vision had to be my mind playing games with me as we passed through the arch. Marcy, tell me about our next gig, said Hope. Well, if we keep to plan, we'll be up in Chicago in Delta tomorrow night. But that's published and advertised. If we keep that date, we'll still be super predictable. The arch goes to Ox, even. Babs made a face. I hate that place. And they hate me there, too, for who I am and the color of my skin. Couldn't we go, I don't know, anywhere else? Fucking fascists. Dribbler spat the word out with such disgust that Jasmine leapt from Hope's lap and fled the room. Harling cast his eyes to the floor. Not everyone in any verse is the same. There are folk like you and me there, too. Dribbler rubbed his face with both hands and said, I know, I know, but it's still a bad place. Probably arrest us if we played a show. Hope nodded to Babs, but addressed Dribbler's outburst. I know. It isn't on our musical tour for that reason. I doubted the Axis government would allow most of our set list, and I refused to sing their songs honoring their glorious leadership. I'd heard about Ox, even though it was a couple of hops away from Beta Earth. Are we going to the Nazi-verse? I, uh, don't think they'd take kindly to someone like me. Not that Gamma's been all that friendly. Dribbler sighed. Yeah, sorry about that. That's the reason I left this place originally. You'll like Delta, though. It's really colorful, if you understand me. Marcy said, We don't have a tour date in Ox, or League, or Arn, for that matter. The plan was to go on to Alpha. What are you proposing, Hope? Hope looked up at the ceiling and was silent a long moment. Then she said, I'm not sure yet, Marcy. If we can obtain something I left in Delta, we may be able to lose our pursuit after we pass through the gate. But it will be a risk. I doubt we'll make our date in Alpha though I have a feeling that we'll end up there eventually. Can you postpone? 
Marcy pursed her lips, and I could almost hear the gears turning as she worked on the problem. Yes, but won't that be tipping our hand? Hope smiled. Just send the message right before we exit Delta. If my plan works out, they won't be able to follow. If not, then they're going to have their own troubles in Ox. Marcy nodded. Okay, I'll work with that. Her face remained clouded with emotion. Babs asked Marcy, Everything okay, Chica? Marcy stared at her hands. Well, it's just, I hate to bring up uncomfortable things, but it seems important that we talk about Jules' double. Why would another Jules have it in for hope? My face warmed as I realized all eyes in the room focused on me. Jasmine rubbed up against my legs, and I petted her, grateful for the reassurance. I assure you, I have no idea. I've never even met another one of myself. I'm pretty surprised that she was a she, to be honest. But I guess there are differences between verses, even if she's the same person on some level. Harlan cleared his throat and said, Can't say I've met any people like you back home. That is, everyone's just a man, or they're a woman, you know. I shrugged. Just because the gender binary is more enforced in your verse doesn't mean there aren't people like me. They're just forced into one role or another. It's shocking that another me got involved like that. I can't think what the connection could be. And it does seem to be too incredible to be a coincidence. But why? And why your verse, Harlan? Harlan shook his head. Can't say I know. Aired has some connections to Alpha, I suppose. Both verses came up with interdimensional travel independently, it seems. Marcy spoke up. I understand that there's been some competition between them for multiverse commerce, and a lot of fighting over the rights to the Arch Network. They're linked by several instances of the same person, Dion Sutton. I said, she's pretty famous. I saw a special on the Dion's a month or so ago with interviews from each. They're all super geniuses. The Dion from Beta isn't into physics or quantum computing. She's an environmental scientist devoted to reversing global warming. Beta's more screwed that way than the other Earths, so I'm glad she's putting her mind to it. Harlan nodded. Anyways, Aird's got its wars, and those are escalating with technology coming in from other worlds. My country there, the U.S. of Dixie, launched an invasion of the verse next door, called Arn, a few years back. The Arch Network cut them off and left their army without supplies, so they surrendered. The Atlanta Gate opened up again after some negotiations, but the Dixians haven't forgotten or forgiven. Dribbler threw his hands into the air. So what are you saying, dude? That hotheads of the USFD and Aird want Hope dead because of a grudge with the Arch Network? You know she's got nothing to do with that. Harlan held up his hands. Hold on there, son. I don't claim to know anything. I'm an expat. I bugged out after we surrendered to Arn. Couldn't go back. I was too ashamed. I'm just saying that's what people are hot about back home, that's all. Boys, boys, said Babs. Keep your cool. We're all friends here, no? Dribbler and Harlan started to retort at the same time, but Hope interceded. She sang, What threat am I? I come from a faraway alien verse. My people mastered the ways without permanent portals. We swam the ways in our ships the way La Esperanza makes her way through city streets and highways. Not only am I an outsider, which is frightening enough, but I remind them that their technology can be surpassed by others. I snorted. So they'd kill you for that? Being a reminder? Hope touched her snout with both flipper hands and what I took to be her version of a shrug. Perhaps. 
Powerful people do not like such reminders. But the Dion's seem so nice, altru so altruistic, I said, sadness welling up inside me. Marcy shook her head. The Dion's are scientists, not businesswomen. They made interdimensional travel possible. Others co-opted the technology. It's they who may feel threatened. This doesn't explain how your doppelganger got involved, or the synchronicity of you joining our crew not long before she appeared. Hope looked from Marcy to me, then sang, Jules, I want you to know, I don't hold you in any way responsible. But if you should get some special insight into her motives, would you please let us all know? I nodded. Believe me, it's going to be hard to think of much else until I can figure it out. Putting myself into her place isn't easy, since I know nothing about her, and not much about Aird. If she's anything like me, she's drifted from thing to thing, picking up skills here, making contacts there. I've never wanted to enlist in the military or any big cause. I'm not a violent person, so I can't picture wanting to kill anyone like that. Something extreme must have happened to push her to do that. I sure don't have the power to open portals, and I don't have access to war machines like the Baba Yaga. No, who does have access to portal technology and machines like that? Asked Dribbler. The Arch Network Authority. Dribbler and Marcy exchanged a long look. Then Marcy said, I hope you're wrong. I don't know how we fight a corporation like that. And forgive me, Hope, but it's not like we could just go underground. You're already too famous, and there aren't any Tristellians within the network. Hope stood up and put her arms out to take us all in a sweeping gesture. She sang, That, my crew, is why we shall have to go outside the network. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. Welcome to Wild Speculation, a podcast where each episode is a short story that explores one of the many strange, wonderful, and sometimes disturbing worlds of speculative fiction. You can find us at wildspeculation.buzzsprout.com, on the Project Entertainment Network, and wherever else you find podcasts. So sit back, enjoy the story, and let your imagination run wild. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.